Alrighty, now let's see here. We are going to look at our main passage is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So if you want to bring that up. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. So if we may, let's have another word of prayer if we might. Lord Jesus, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, again, thank you for us to come and gather here this evening. Lord, thank you for each other person that has uh, uh, made time to come out uh, this evening uh, to join us and those online as well and Lord we just praise your holy name Lord let us use uh, this word uh, this evening uh, to be used for spiritual growth uh, Lord uh, let it be applicable uh, that we can learn from it Lord Jesus uh, Lord uh, reveal to us maybe something in this passage that we're not seeing and uh, Lord just uh, help us uh, to be equipped and to be edified and most importantly let us glorify you in thought, word, deed, and action. Let your Holy Spirit feel uh, this this uh, outside arena and uh, in each home that is watching this evening. Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Now, I love this passage. All right. And uh, I probably get a little excited about this passage because one thing I like about it, it relates to a topic that I thoroughly enjoy and that is running. Now, I know by the looks of me, you think the only thing you're running to is the refrigerator. And you are right. <laughs> All right. But I, uh, I, I, I ran cross country and track, and uh, I, I love it. And uh, sadly, uh, the Lord has uh, took that ability away from me because of health issues. And, uh, uh, and I miss it, and I enjoy it. But I, and, and as I've told you before, I think one reason why the Lord has, uh, has uh, removed my ability to do that is I was very obsessed with it. I was never happy. If I ran two miles, I, I wanted to run five. If I ran five miles, I wanted to run 13, and so on and so forth. And I uh, wanted to run a marathon at one time, and well, not one time, I've always wanted to run a marathon. And I did 20 miles nonstop, and, and had a good time, and um, uh, not a good time as far as enjoyment, which I had that as well, but I mean, as far as exact timing, I think I did it under two hours, but I, uh, I love it. I mean, I know it's hard to believe. There's a lot of couch potatoes out there that uh, they think of running, and they just, they're, they're yawning. You know, they're like, that's the last thing I want to do. Is get, in fact, I, I like a lot of what a lot of people put on Facebook, said, if you see me running, you better be running too, because there's something after me. So, you know, I, uh, but I, I love it. I've, it's something I've always enjoyed. I, uh, I got into it when uh, I was about 13. I was um, a bit of a portly child because I uh, was taught at home, and I had this uh, stupid idea that the more time I took to eat, the less time I'd have to study. Now, in my mind, as a child, that made sense. But it became uh, uh, roly-poly, daddy's little fatty. And so 
<laughs> but I got into running and uh, and ran and like I said, I I, I ran. Uh, we used to do the um, uh, 400 meter relay and uh, which I went too good. I never cared much for that. I liked the long distance. Uh, I liked uh, uh, doing like the five Ks and that's what I always enjoyed doing. And uh, and, I, and that's one thing that we're going to look at here this evening is that the Christian walk is not a sprint. It, we're in this for the long haul. It's like a cross-country race, and you have to set your pace. See, when you take off for a run, all right, and, and I've been to a lot of races, and, uh, you know, you, you, you can't just take off in a sprint and expect to make it three and a half miles. You take off in a sprint, you ain't going to make it a half a mile, and you're going to be tired and dragging and walking. You know, you have to set a pace. And that's one thing with Christians, we have to constantly be in a state of movement. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly uh, trying to strive to have that mind of Christ. We're constantly uh, in that perpetual uh, uh, state of spiritual growth. We should never be stagnant. We should never be uh, anemic. We should never be uh, uh, unafraid to, uh, to stretch our legs and, and get out there and serve an almighty God. And, you know, that's one thing that we've got to do as Christians is constantly be moving, constantly be growing. And that's a sad thing. I think that's why there's so many apathetic and complacent Christians because they're not out there um, trying to grow. There are too many Christians are, are have become commonplace um, uh, with the world. They're playing footsies with the world. And, um, and they're not really trying to, uh, to grow uh, in the Lord. And that's one thing we have got to do. See, you've got to be disciplined. All right? You have to be disciplined. And I was just like getting up to exercise every morning, working out every morning. Like I said, I, became, I was very obsessive with it. And I think that's why the Lord uh, allowed my health to be as it is, to where I can get out and do what I want to do. Because uh, I would, I would uh, before I went into ministry, I would, I would literally have my work schedule around my workouts. I mean, I'm not to say my school classes would be around my workouts. That's all I concentrated on. That's all I cared about was lifting weights, working out, and running. That's all I wanted to do. And I could, I, I would spend hours and hours running. But I tell you, I'd be nothing for me to run. I'd run 13 miles almost every day, wouldn't I? I mean, just like it was nothing. But I, I something that, but it, it became an obsession. But see, here's the thing. I want you to be obsessed with the things of Jesus Christ. See, I found such great enjoyment. There's a, a, a bit of a, kind of a euphoric feeling when you're running. It's what they call a, a runner's high. And if, you, if you've never experienced that, it's hard for you to understand what I'm saying. But, uh, but see, what I want you to do is have that close, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, just like that of Enoch or, or some of these great men of the Bible. And that's one thing we're seeing here, that since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, now, when we look at this passage here, of course, we can look at those uh, great men of the gospel that we were looking at uh, over here in Hebrews 11. We always talked about uh, uh, Abraham and Noah and Gideon and David and some all these these great men. You know, and, and one thing that you and what I'm striving at, I guess I can say, is that if you know someone, say, um, well, for example, uh, like I said, when I ran cross country at Daniel Boone High School. Uh, you know, uh, when uh, if I knew my, my dad or my grandfather or my mom or, or, or grandmother was there, uh, I, it made me run that much better, you know, because I knew they were watching. And uh, uh, you may have to pray for me a little bit tonight because I, uh, I, sometimes I get a little emotional uh, when I think about my grandfather. Uh, but uh, it's just, when he was on the other side of that fence, uh, he would always call me by my middle name. He'd say, come on, Aaron, you can do it. And so, uh, 
you know, that's why I kind of look at it. Uh, surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, uh, it's like he's on the other side of the fence. I know where he's at. I just can't get to him right now, but I'll see him eventually. And so these great men of the gospel, uh, you know, that's why I think sometimes that, that veil can be pulled back and, and those uh, who went on before us uh, are on the other side of that fence. And they're saying, come on, you can do it. See, here's to this what this is a great should be a great encouragement uh, for you all. That we're uh, that there are these witnesses, they, those who have, have, have trodden before us, those who've went on before us, who have uh, done great and mighty things in the name of God, uh, are sending us encouragement. Uh, you can do it. You know, you can you, you know, come on, get those knees up. That's what they my coach always say. Get those knees up, young. Come on, get them knees up, young. And I sit there thinking. I'm going up a hill that I can almost reach out and touch. You're in an air-conditioned van. You get your fat rear end out here and do it. I get some bad sometimes. Get up knees up. But, uh, but no, that's one thing. Uh, those who've went on before us, is uh, you know they're encouraging us. They're saying, you can do it. You know, because it's so easy to get down. It's so easy to give up. You know, we hit those hills in life. You know, you want to give up. You know, when I've been in races and running, and I'm, I'm at, uh, you know, uh, six mile and I've got I know I've got to go seven or eight or nine or ten and uh or or even you're in a five K and you know you're running you're not real familiar with the, this this course and you come across a hill that you wouldn't expect and you know you've got to set your pace you're like oh no you know and you feel like your lungs are gonna explode at your chest your heart's just you know pounding and you you keep pushing forward. You don't give up. And that's what it is with our Christian walk. We don't give up. There's times when we want to have obstacles. There's times when things want to hit us hard and we want to give up. We want to throw up our hands and just lay down on our back and say, we can't do it. But that's the great thing. We have those who went on before us to give us that encouragement. Thank God has sent us the Holy Spirit, that paracletos, that helper, that encourages us to help us to be motivated to keep persevering, to keep moving forward. And so just like in an arena of, of people who are watching and, and you were wanting to impress, say I was in that uh, arena and I saw Brandy there and, and, and I, I was just starting to date her and I thought I want to impress her because she's pretty, you know, and I want her to, to like me, you know, and, and now she, she don't really care if I'm there at home or not, but, uh, but there was a time when she wanted to see me. And so I, so I, I would run that much harder because I knew she was watching. Well, now we're surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses that we should want to do that much better, try that much harder, because we, as children of God, we want to not do something to impress others, but to, to, but to serve God. And because of our love for Him, that faith producing that work out of our joy and our love for Jesus Christ. So, as, so we, here we are surrounded. It's a great thing. You know, I've had people question me about that uh, over the years. And um, I always say, you know, I really truly believe that on the good things that uh, maybe the Lord allows certain, our loved ones, whatever, maybe look down upon us, you know, and smile on the good things uh, that we are doing. And so let that be an encouragement to, uh, to you, to try to push that much harder and to do that much better, knowing that we are surrounded by those great cloud of, of witnesses. And it says here, let us lay aside every weight. Now, weight is the last thing I want to talk about. All right? So uh, uh, right now, uh, 
I look like I should be, I could wear a red shirt, bust through a wall and say, yeah, you know, look like the Kool-Aid man. Because <laughs> when we, we uh, lay away the, that weight, you know, it could be talking about uh, that physical weight. You know, like I was talking about when I'd run that uh, 400 meter, uh, uh, reaching for that baton. Uh, you know, of course, you know, you're kind of staggered like and, and you reach back and they hand you the baton and you take off running. And uh, I'll never forget, uh, like I said, I never cared much for the, the short runs. But uh, I'll never forget a guy used to go to church here, uh, Kurt, Kurt Jones. I remember him running across the uh, field uh, when I was a teenager. And I remember him quoting my favorite verse, Isaiah 40, 31. And uh, he's trying to encourage me. And uh, uh, he said, you should run and not be weary. You should walk and not faint. And I'll never forget that. Uh, mounting up with wings as eagles. You know, that's a great thing as Christians to encourage one another in our walk, in our run, in this, uh, in, in our, uh, as while we're here on this earth, that we get to encourage one another, help each other uh, in each other's burdens uh, as we're uh, in this life. You know, so we get we get down. But see, when you see that cast off every weight, you know, when I took off running uh, in those races, uh, you know, we had to wear, uh, you know, lightweight shorts. You know, I didn't wear short shorts. Now, some of these old boys, I'll be honest with you guys, I go to some of these races, some of these boys, I'm telling you what, I'm like, guys, come on, man. I mean, they look like they had short shorts on. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I hope they go fast because I don't want to see it, you know. I'm like, you can't tell me shorts from here or shorts to here is going to make that much difference. You know, it's like guys who shave their legs that uh, race bicycles or something. I'm like, how fast do you think that's going to make you by shaving a few hairs off your legs? You know, I just, I don't, I, I don't get that. But I guess in their mind, they're, they're trying to lay aside every weight. Now, if somebody come up to me and said, Matt, uh, I want you to uh, put on this heavy jacket and work boots. I'd be like, no, I'm, that, how, you know, you're not going to win a race doing it. You want to wear lightweight stuff, lightweight tennis shoes and clothes that will breathe. And uh, so you can uh, be more effective in your running. You know, and it reminds me, i tell you something. It drives me insane. Brandon can tell you uh, this commercial, a like University of Phoenix commercial. I mean, you all seen this. But he starts out with you know, a first-generation American, and she arose in the Imperial Valley. She'd become a nurse and got her master's degree and said that she was running a marathon and, and uh, turned around. A guy had a heart attack, and she saved his life. He says, that man was me. The guy's 300 pounds. What is he doing running a marathon? No wonder he had a heart attack. She shouldn't have left his fat rear end over there. I, mean, I know it's mean, but what is he doing in a marathon? You know, I, every time I see that, it drives me crazy. Brittany can tell you, I say, I scream at the TV every time. What is he doing running? So, anyway, I'm sorry, but when I see all cast off every weight, that comes to mind. So I apologize. But if you notice here, cast aside every weight and sin. All right, every weight and sin, which clings so closely. All right, now, it's interesting to cast off every weight and sin. Now, you can look at that, and, uh, you know, there are things that are sinful that we need to be aware of. Uh, you know, we need to, to cast off those things. Sometimes people are, are focused on uh, relationships, focused on school, focused on work, focused on situations, other people. You know, it could be a number of things that is impeding your, uh, uh, your, your, your run, so to speak, uh, and not making your relationship with Christ as effective as it could be. 
And there are those things where, you know, it says cast off every weight and sin. Uh, you know, there, there are those things that can get in, interfere that's not necessarily sinful. All right? You know, just like somebody bringing me the, uh, the, uh, the heavy uh, down coat and the work boots when I get ready to start off running. You know, I'd be like, you know, they can say, well, you know, that's, this isn't sinful. You know, well, you know, obviously our heavy coat boots aren't sinful, but it's not going to help me uh, in my run. Uh, you know, so there are some people I think try to try to um, uh, to see how far they can do something without it technically being sinful. Does that make sense? And so uh, you know, we have to be careful about that. There are a lot of things, just like what Paul said: all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. And so you know, we have to be careful about those things. So we need to be uh, every weight and sin which clings, all right, so closely. So, you know, let us cast off those things, anything that's sinful, anything, hey, you know, it could be you're holding a grudge. Maybe you've got bitterness in your heart against somebody else. See, we, we don't want anything that's going to interfere or impede uh, with our um, uh, relationship with Christ. You know, and that's, that's one thing I've told my dad, you know, it's so easy, it's so easy for me to be bitter. It's so easy for me to be hard-hearted. It's so easy to have grudges against those who have wronged me. And I and I actually and I work extra hard not to be that way. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I've reached a level of spirituality nobody else has. But I work at that, and I force myself to really pray for others that I don't want to pray for because I don't want that. I want to have all humility for Christ. I want to serve God mildly. I don't want anything that's going to interfere in my life. That's going to interfere with my relationship with God. And so you need to ask yourself: Is there anything in my life? Uh, that is interfering with my relationship with Christ. You know, there's some people out there that uh, they're so busy each day, and so uh, you know they're, they're they're not spending that time in the Word, they're not spending that time in prayer. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But um, you know, w ask yourself: Is there anything that's that's getting in the way? And so we got to be careful about that. And it says, "Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us." Endurance. Um, uh, the word. Um, in Greek is um, uh, hupomani hupomani uh, is steadfast uh, uh, to um, um, that um, um, steadfast endurance if you will uh, is uh, is that Greek word where we get that endurance and you know again we're, we're not um, running a sprint you're not running a 400 meter you are in this as a Christian for the long haul. So, you know, you've got to take this relationship. You've got to take this journey as a Christian seriously. You know, there are some people, they, they want things immediately. They want things just like that. The Christian walk isn't like that. You know, there's people out there, um, uh, you've, heard, you've heard my dad refer to uh, uh, individuals who've come to him and, uh, and said they've studied the Bible for a whole week. I think they know it all. You know, there's others out there. Uh, you've asked, you know, uh, they, they think because they've studied the Bible for a whole two weeks uh, and it didn't work out for them and they go back out to the world. You know, there's people like that. You know, they think, well, I've read my Bible for two weeks and I prayed for two weeks and it just isn't for me. And, you know, they're thinking, you know, that's not how it works. This has to be something you have to do daily. Uh, you know, it is uh, uh, that, that long endurance. You know, when... Um, I hate to keep talking about me, but this is a passage uh, that um, that really relates 
uh, to my life and, and, um, and, and my love for running. And when you're uh, building that endurance, you know, I don't just, get, you know, you don't get up one morning and say, I'm going to jog five miles today. Unless you've been building up to that, that ain't going to happen. You want to get about a half a mile and be like, good grief, you know, and it, it, you have to run a half a mile, mile, two miles, three miles. You build up to that to where you can finally build up your endurance to be able to do that. And see, that's why I like hills. I, the steeper the hill, the better. I love it. I remember my son, he would try to follow me on his bicycle. And there's a still, uh, there's a hill on uh, Hills Chapel Road. And it is, I mean, it's almost like straight up. And I love that hill. I mean, it's like when you start, when you go down that dip, and you start coming back up. I mean, it's just like, buddy, I mean, you just, you're, I just feel like I'm on my tiptoes trying to run up that hill, you know. And I remember one time, I was when I was in a lot better shape, and he was on my bicycle. And I ran, turned around and was running up it backwards talking to him. He said, how are you doing it, Daddy? I said, well, I said, I've, I've ran up this hill a time or two. And, uh, but it, uh, uh, but it's, 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 it endures, it took time. You have to build up to that. Well, as Christians, again, you know, as we were talking about, we're in that, or you should be in that perpetual state of growth, and that's what builds up your endurance over the long haul, that those things that come, that you can fight back when the devil attacks. Because you have built up that endurance, that tolerance, you can fight back and have the strength to do so. You can't lay around on your back all day at the pool, sipping my ties in the middle of a battlefield, and then when the battle comes, say, you know, well, expect to be able to be victorious. You have to know your weapon. You have to know your sword. You have to be able to fight. And that's where that endurance comes in. The battle is here, friends. It, it is not a matter, you know, I've, I've said this before many times. It's not a matter of if you will be in a battle today. You will be in a battle today. And are you prepared to do so? We have to be prepared to have battle. Now we have to, again, we have to run uh, lightly, all right? You know, we have to run with those, uh, that, that light apparel, if you will. Uh, and we have to run, be able to run uh, on for the, the long haul, as we were just talking about right now. But now we get into this, looking to Jesus, all right? Looking to Jesus. We have to be focused on God. How are you going to be focused on God? I mean, you need to know the Bible upside, one side, down, another. You need to know the, uh, the the Gospels. You need to know the Romans Road. You need, I mean, you need to know the Word of God. You, the only way to stay on the straight and narrow path is looking and focusing on Jesus Christ. You know, uh, years ago, Dad made me, when I was about 19, he made me take a motorcycle safety course. And uh, one thing you had to do so that you get better at leaning the motorcycle they would have cones and a circle, and in the middle was another cone. Well, so that you would keep the perfect angle, you would have to keep your eye on that cone. As long as you kept your eye on that cone, you would stay specifically going around. Now, watching, I was thinking, oh, man, there ain't no way. But I, as long as you're watching, if you're on a bike, as long as you're watching, and if whatever you're looking at, that's where you're going to go. And just like um, uh, another uh, situation, uh, uh, you know, I like woodworking i really enjoy it it's just something that uh i just i just like i look forward to it well dad got me this really cool saw that has a uh, laser pointer on it because before without that laser pointer it's hard for me to keep a, the line straight you know i kind of keep an idea but it is still you know, i get done it just wouldn't be as straight but that as long as i keep my eye on that laser i can keep as straight as it could be 
And see, so that goes back to right here, looking at Jesus. As long as we're keeping our eyes on the Lord, we're going to keep that straight and narrow path. We're going to do the right thing. But the minute you look off, just whether it's on a motorcycle or using a saw, you're going to get screwed up and you're going to mess up big time every time. That's why we got it says here, looking to Jesus. We have got to look to Jesus. Keep our eyes focused. You know, just like even running in that race, I'm focused on that finish line. I'm focused on where I need to go. I keep my head straight ahead. And I've got that's what I have in my mind. That you got to get in that mindset. And you just and you're focused completely on where you're headed, where you're going, and then where, where you've got what you've got to do to complete that course. You know, yes, we, we here as Christians have, have a course we have to complete. And that goes back over here. The founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before, I'm sorry, and look for the founder of our faith, who for the joy was set before us endured the cross. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I messed up here. I, I skipped a step here. Um, in verse 2 here, when I have to run with endurance, the race that is set before us. I'm sorry, I meant to hit on that just real quick before. Uh, I got into the, the, the focusing on Jesus, which is still the same. But the race has set before us, talking about you know that that God sets the course. All right, you know when you go and, and run any race, they, the course is already laid out. You don't have a say so in it. You may not like it. You may have swamps you have to run through. You know what I mean, which I've never had to. But you know, my point is, they have the course, and it can be a really tough course. Uh, probably the toughest course was the 5K in Jonesboro. And the easiest course I ever ran was the 5K for the Susan G. Coleman in Kingsport. It was the easiest. It was mainly pretty flat. It wasn't much of nothing. But God lays out our course. And sometimes people will groan and they'll complain and they don't like what they how life is treating them. And they don't like the swamps. They don't like the valleys. They don't like some of the things that God puts us through in this, this course that He has set before us. That God has a reason and a plan as to why He put us in the, the situation that He has. And so we need to um, uh, ask God for that strength and that ability, which leads us to what I was talking about, looking to Jesus. As long as you're looking to Jesus, whatever course that is set before us, see, that is where uh, 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 God will give us the ability to endure and to persevere and to get through that specific course. Because, man, you know, sometimes, like I said, the, the, sometimes the course can be very difficult. And sometimes life can be tragic. Sometimes life can be tough. Sometimes life can really throw us some curves. And there's things that happen in our lives we don't think we're ever going to get through. You know, the other night I um, was asked to do an interview in relation to suicide and guns. They asked me a lot of different questions. It was a project that somebody was doing uh, outside of this area. And uh, they asked me a ton of questions and how what I felt uh, with, the, with the correlation between guns and suicide and, and I feel like some of the questions are kind of vague and, and leading and uh, and I made it known that which the, the interviewer agreed uh, but um, but my point is uh, one thing I told them was that you know and, and, and I don't like something I don't like to talk about a whole lot is uh, that I, I had attempted suicide at one time in my life because um, I felt like that life was too hard. And I felt like with my health issues and what I was going through at the time, that my family had been better off without me. And I didn't want to live anymore. And uh, uh, and, and I went into detail uh, what I did and, and how the Lord uh, stopped me from going through with it. But I think that happens to some people out there that they, uh, they don't feel like they can handle what life has given them. And guess what? Without Christ, you can't. 
Without Christ, you can't handle what life throws at you. You can't handle the uh, the depression. You can't handle the level of sadness. You can't handle loneliness. You can't handle these things without Jesus Christ. See, He's the one that gives you the strength. That's why you have to stay focused. It's because Christ gives you what you need when you need it. See, without God, I would have committed suicide. But with Christ, see, He gave me the strength and the ability to realize there's something greater than myself that I have to... Uh, to, to, to look at. Now's my wife, my kids, my family. And um, that's all I could think of when I closed my eyes and to attempt to do something I, I'm glad I didn't go through with. And uh, so, no matter what you're going through, you know, sometimes you feel like you're going through uh, areas of your life that are so dark and so bleak, you don't feel like there's, a, there's no way outside of that. You don't feel like there's a way around it, under it, over it. But, uh, you know, like I said before, I love, love that painting. Of, uh, of looks like uh, you're underwater and Jesus is reaching down to pull you up. And uh, there's a lot of times where we are probably drowning, but it's Jesus that reaches down and pulls us back up. And that's why we have to be focused on the founder and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, who for the joy, where you see here in verse 2, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, it is, um, we look at this verse here. You know, it says here, not only is he the founder, the perfecter of our faith, all right? He, he is the, he's the one that, uh, the captain. He is the one that led the way. He is the one that, that uh, you know, you can almost, you know, who, who forged the path, if you will, uh, for us Christians. Uh, he's the one that, that led the way. And he, he is that, that captain. We can look at, um, well, we look at Hebrews 2.10. Uh, let me get over here. Let's see here. Hebrews 2, verse 10. <clears throat> for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Uh, let's see here. We can also look at, um, let me get back over here, at um, Acts 3, 15. Over here in Acts 3, 15 here. Well, Acts chapter 3, verse 15. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To these we are witnesses. Okay. And then finally, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's look at uh, Philippians uh, 1, 6 here. You can also look at Acts 5, uh, 31 as well when you get time. But uh, let's look over here at uh, Philippians 1. One six. And it says, that, "And I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ." All right. So we see that Jesus is the author or captain of our faith, who has treasured the way. He is the perfecter of our faith, as we just read here. Uh, he uh, gives us the, um, the motivation to endure by faith. Uh, and it is, uh, he's the one that helps us to, uh, uh, to endure. And to, uh, when we see what he went through, I mean, he was obedient even unto the cross. You know, we read that here, uh, that he endured the cross. Okay, you know, remember the cross was, uh, not only was it a horrible 
terrible thing. Not only was it a torturous thing, uh, but it was a, a despicable thing. It was, uh, you know, that's, that's where criminals were hung. I mean, so uh, to, just the cross itself, the, the whole representation of what it was, uh, was very, uh, very terrible and very horrible. And so when we see that Jesus Christ, that he was, that he endured the cross, see, for the joy that was set before him, you know, the, he, that joy that was set before him was one, to be obedient to God. Two, to, uh, to that joy, knowing what he was doing, was for us. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That, that that was the joy that was set before him was for us, for you, for me. Not only was it, I mean, mainly the obedience to God, but for us as well, knowing that he was giving his life to save us. Us wretches. You know, here we are, desperately wicked people. But yet he gave his life to save us. And so that was the joy that was set before him. And so that should motivate us. That he knew what he was going to do. He knew the suffering he was going to have to endure. That should motivate us. When we see those who have went before us. You know, just like I was reading last week. Uh, some of the uh, the martyrs, and, we, and I talked a little bit about the voice of the martyrs. There's a magazine that, that goes out. There's, there's the book, The Voice of the Martyrs, that uh, I gave to Brandy the other day. I've read it in its entirety. And you see how so many people uh, before us uh, who've endured so much for the sake of Jesus Christ, that should give us great motivation. You know, that's one thing that uh, in, in, in my, uh, I always do a little short video to, to remind our body of, of evening service. And, uh, and I know people thought I was being a smart aleck, and I wasn't, but there, there was a certain amount of truth to that. I said, come on out and join tonight. I said, yeah, there's, it's a little bit hot, but compared to what uh, those who have gone on before us have, have had to endure, surely to goodness you can endure a little bit of heat to hear the gospel. You know, and I appreciate all of you that have turned out tonight, and those who are watching online, I appreciate that. But, um, you know, that's the problem. You know, we, we've got it too easy, too comfortable uh, here in this nation. And uh, so if the, the pew's a little too hard or it's a little too hot or a little too chilly, then, you know, you, it's, it's easy to, to uh, lend yourself to grumbling and complaining. And uh, we have to uh, uh, put those, uh, those things aside and, and look at the bigger picture and to be motivated by those who have went on before us, by motivated by Jesus Christ himself so that we can endure, so that we can persevere, despite whether uh, any persecutions we may have to endure. Maybe we'll lose friends. Maybe we'll lose family. Maybe we'll lose jobs. Whatever it may be, let us be motivated. Let us be inspired. Let us, let, let us work harder to serve God Almighty. Let us not, you know, like that old uh, children's song, don't, don't hide your light under a bushel. Let's not be afraid of whatever condemnation may come our way. Let us stand firm on the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's proclaim the name of Jesus wherever we go and whatever we do. Let it shine through us and our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our actions. We never know who's watching us at any moment at any time. And when things get tough, and they'll get tough, let's be motivated. Let's be inspired by Jesus Christ. Let's don't give up. We have to have that endurance and that strength to keep moving forward. And Jesus is that greatest example. You know, one, uh, let's see here. I want to look at, um, hold on here. This is Isaiah 53, 10 through 11, just real quick here. Give me just one second. Isaiah 53, oh, yeah, let's see here. 10 and 11. Uh, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was put him to grief. 
When the soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. You know, there are people out there who, uh, again, have went on before us. And um, there was um, Jonathan Edwards. You know, he, uh, he was out here. He was supposed to be a, a, a great theologian. And he was actually fired at one point in time from his church. And, uh, and the Psalms said it was because of um, uh, where he went up against, uh, he didn't agree with uh, some of the founding members that uh, I meant jealousy over uh, what he was being paid. There was a lot of different things, reason why. But here we have this great theologian that he was uh, um, uh, fired. Uh, There's another individual, um, let's see here, I had to write it down because I didn't know I wouldn't remember. Um, I'm not sure I can pronounce his name right or not. Uh, Adoniram Judson, um, he was a, a Baptist missionary, uh, I think 40 years in Bangladesh, I think it was, but, uh, uh, but even he was, you know, it talked about that, uh, he, that he should uh, endure, you know, no big deal to endure a little bit of hardship for the gospel, more or less what he was saying. And even Hudson Taylor, we talked about him last week, you know, even he wasn't uh, always successful. You know, just because you're a Christian, doesn't always guarantee you success in your spiritual walk. And just like uh, Justin was talking about here, you know, we may have to endure some hardship for the sake of the ministry, but these sufferings, all right, my friends, are only temporary. Remember that, only temporary. And then we get to spend eternity in heaven. So praise God for that. But, um, but again, Jesus is the greatest example of endurance by faith. Um, because he went through the greatest, biggest trial ever. Um, he is, um, but remember that we are, we are running with that endurance. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. And that's the, you know, uh, one way you could do that, again, is spending that time in the Word. You know, what, what do you do first thing in the morning? Are you on social media, reading the paper? You know, I, I don't read the paper anymore. A lot of times you just look at your Google or Yahoo homepage, read the news, or turn on Fox News. You know, you're like, well, I got I got to be uh, uh, up to date on current events, which I understand what you're saying. But what is more important than current events is reading God's word. See, that's what prepares you for the day. That's how it keeps you focused on Jesus Christ. So that's why it's imperative that you spend that time in the word. That you spend that time in prayer. That's how you stay focused on the Lord. That's why you're, that's why that way you won't be swayed by every wind of doctrine. That's why you won't be uh, going down the wrong path. That's why you won't be uh, you know uh, uh, allow yourself to be with individuals who won't draw you down the wrong path. That's why in order for us to be focused, we have to to uh, uh, do that by spending that time in the Word and in prayer. And fixing our eyes on Christ and trusting in Him. I uh, um, I don't know how many remember the 1992 Olympics or not, but I uh, I was I guess 19. I don't know 92. I guess I was going on 19. Was 19. But uh, of course that was the dream team when they had Michael Jordan and all those you know the basketball and such. But uh, there was one individual there. Um, his name was uh, Roderick Redman. Redman is his name. Not Rodman, but Redman. 
And uh, when he was around 18 or 19, they said what he could do in the 400 meters, they said it was just unbelievably how, he was breaking records how fast he was. Well, he, uh, um, I think before the 92 Olympics, I think there was, a, um, I guess the Olympics prior to that, um, he was supposed to run in it. And um, something happened with his, uh, something tore with his Achilles tendon or something like that. And he ended up having like five surgeries. I mean, he had a lot of surgeries to, to repair this, but that didn't let him stop him, all right? He, he kept pushing forward, he kept enduring, and finally got himself prepared for the 92 Olympics. And um, when he uh, took off that 400 meter, they not only, you know, they of course they have him staggered like this. Not only was he staying with them, but he was passing people. I mean, the guy was flying. I watched the video. I mean, I watched the video again the other day. I mean, he was flying, catching up and making uh, progress big time. And he said all of a sudden he heard a sound, a loud snap sound. He said he thought it, he thought it was something in the in the stadium somebody had done. And um, come to find out it's his hamstring because of the severe pain. He hits the ground. And um, some of the officials trying to run over to him, and he, he kind of pushed him off a little bit. And he gets up on one leg trying to finish. The other guys, they just fly by, keep going. And he starts to get up, starts hopping on one leg. And well, there's a, <clears throat> there's a gentleman who's sitting up in the, in the stands. And somehow, he, got, he, he pushed his way through security. I mean, it's the Olympics. You don't just walk on to the field. He, he broke through the uh, security. He broke through the gates. And he runs up to Derek Redman. The officials come up trying to pull him off, and he, he wouldn't go. And he embraces Derek uh, to finish as they finish the race. <clears throat> it was his father. And, um, of course, I get choked up about it because I can see my own dad doing that. Because I know there wouldn't, wouldn't be nothing that would stop him to get to me, and as I would with my own children. There would be nothing that would ever stop me. But his father embraced uh, his son, and they finished that that course together. And uh, the stands, they just went berserk. You know, it kind of made me think of uh, a poster that uh, Earl White gave me. It said the, the, that running is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. It is not always to those who are the fastest, but to those who complete the course. And uh, when you see something like that, you know, you know as Christians, that we need to keep enduring. We need to keep running. We don't need to give up. And it would be wonderful to know that we get to finish the course in the arms of the Father. We get to finish the course in the arms of the Heavenly Father. So, you know, there's times that we're going to, uh, we're going to trip. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. And uh, even though earthly daddies have a lot of love for their children and will run to them and no, no guard or gate will keep them from their kids. For those of us who can give good things to our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father love us? And here the Heavenly Father sent His only Son to save us, to be an example, to encourage us. So let us endure. Let us persevere. Let us never give up. We have to have that endurance to finish this race. And then one day, my friends, we will get to hear, 
well done. Good. Good and faithful servant. Let us stand and we'll close in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, I pray that you will help us each and every day to never give up, to endure, to persevere, to know that you're right there beside of us, embracing us, helping us to complete the race. Help us to stay daily in the Word, to find it more important than current events or Facebook or anything else that we have, that your Word is more important, that we find it to be the first thing we read in the morning, the last thing we read before we go to bed, that we spend that time in prayer, that we'll be strengthened so that when those hills and we hit those valleys, that we know that you're with us and we can persevere in those toughest of times. Lord, for anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him say this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us, guide us, watch over, protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Appreciate all you guys and gals for coming out this evening and hope you all have a great and wonderful, blessed week. Thanks for coming. God bless.